What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Maylar. So today is BC Football's Red Bandana Game versus Florida State at noon. This is going to be a quick episode with a recap of everything that happened in Week 2 of college football, a lot of the bigger headlines and some of the bigger games. I'm going to give a quick recap of a good amount of those, and then after that, I'll give a preview of a few games in the Week 3 slate. So let's start off with the Week 2 recap. The number 11 team in the country last week was Texas, and they ended up getting a big win over Alabama, beating Bama 34-24. This was a surprise game to me. I thought Alabama was the better team, and I thought they were destined to be a college football playoff team. But now after that loss, their college football playoff chances are definitely less. It's not over, but it's going to be an uphill battle for them to try to make it back. They were trailing in this game 13-6 at half, which is never really like Alabama, especially when they're dominant like a college football playoff team. When they're that good, like they have been in years past, they never really trail ever at half. So it's never really a good sign. They ended up losing that game, as I said, 34-24. So credit to Texas. They looked really good. Jalen Milrow was the starting quarterback for Alabama in that game. Didn't really look great. He was missing receivers and threw two interceptions. And I was a big fan of him, especially in my preview of the season and especially after week one. And now if you look at him after week two, he's lost his starting job. The starter now for Alabama will be former Notre Dame quarterback Tyler Buckner, who will be starting for them this week. It's a surprise mid-season change at quarterback for Alabama, but they're rolling the dice Going with Buckner over Milrow. Milrow finished last week 14-27, 255 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, with 15 carries of 44 yards on the ground. We'll see how that works out for Bama. The number 22 team in the country last week is Colorado. They won yet again, this time over Nebraska 36-14. Shadur Sanders shined yet again at quarterback for Colorado, finishing that game with 393 passing yards, two touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown as well. So three total touchdowns and almost 400 passing yards. I had Nebraska winning this game in an upset win, but Colorado handled business well, and now you really can't doubt them. They found a way to win yet again last week over Nebraska. Supposed to be a close game. They won the game 36-14. And even though I had Nebraska in an upset, when I saw Colorado win like that, I was like, you know what? I got to give them credit. They play hard. They played well and obviously very well coached by Deion Sanders. Acquired a game, though, for cornerback wide receiver Travis Hunter. He finished the game with three catches of 73 yards, which is still a good game considering what he did in week one. That wasn't the same outcome. He had four tackles and a pass defended as well. Amazing he can play both sides of the ball. Washington State upset the number 19 team in the country, Wisconsin, 31-22. Wisconsin was down 24-9 at halftime. I knew they were in trouble when I saw that score. The issue in this game for the Badgers, it was turnovers. They had too many turnovers in this game. Three fumbles lost. Washington State had zero. That's a big difference. Tanner Mordecai, quarterback for Wisconsin, finished 25-40 passing, 270 yards, and a touchdown, no picks. Washington State's quarterback deserves some credit. He had a good game. Cameron Ward is his name. 20-32 passing, 212 yards, and two touchdowns. Also runs the ball very well, 70 carries, 443 yards in the game. San Jose State picks up their first win of the season over Cal Poly, winning that game 59-3. The Spines didn't need much help from Chevin Cordero in that game, who was their quarterback. I've mentioned him now a handful of times. They had their first win of the year, and as I've noted, overall on the podcast, I like this team a lot. And I've liked what I've seen from them in every game. And last week, they pick up their first win of the season, so credit to them. Cordero in that game was 15-21 passing for 205 yards, two passing touchdowns, and also added in five carries to 22 yards and a touchdown on the ground for three total touchdowns in the game. The run game, though, for San Jose State is what won them this game. That was just dominance on the ground for that run game. Kyrie Robinson, 16 carries for 124 yards and two touchdowns. Quali Conley, 12 carries, 60 yards, two touchdowns. What a night for Robinson and Conley. They both balled out last week for San Jose State. Cal Poly finished the game with just three points. They got a field goal at halftime before time expired. That was all they came up with for points in the game. They were outgained on offense, 472 yards to 168. 
So credit to the San Jose defense for showing up and obviously the offense as well. The number four team in the country last week was Florida State. They demolished Southern Miss in that game 66-13. Florida State scored at least two touchdowns in every quarter of that game. So obviously, as you can tell, their offense is lethal. So BC is going to have to find a way to play tough against them today on defense. BC's secondary has played well, though, on the air. It's really BC's run defense that's been struggling. And the BC's offense, especially in week one against Northern Illinois, they were missing open receivers at quarterback. But Thomas Castellanos has looked better for BC last week. Was a better game for him against Holy Cross at the quarterback position. And as I said yesterday with Paul the Sports Wizard, we both think that BC could be in this game towards the end. We both did BC losing by, I think, between two and three touchdowns. But at the end of the day, I think BC could be in this game. It's a red bandana game. I think they're going to get some adrenaline and obviously get a spark considering it's a big game for the BC community. Hopefully that is the case. But BC does have their work cut out for them on offense and defense. Last week, Florida State outgained Southern Miss 554 to 268. So not only is Florida State's offense elite, but their defense is as well. Jordan Travis, not his best passing day last week, but it did the trick for Florida State. 50 to 29 passing, 175 yards and two touchdowns. And then Keon Coleman, one of the top receivers had three catches of 48 yards in a touchdown. BC has to watch out for him today. And also Johnny Wilson, another receiver that Travis loves to go to a lot. So my final prediction for that game, I'm going to go 38-21. That was kind of what, what I came up with yesterday on the podcast with Paul, the sports wizard. I'm going to stay with that 38-21. Toledo crushed Texas Southern last week, 71-3. It was a 50-3 game at halftime. 50 points to three at halftime. Rockets quarterback Daquan Finn balled out in this game, 16-17 passing. Very efficient day. 238 yards and three touchdowns. One of the better quarterbacks in the country. That's under the radar. Not many people know about him, but he puts up numbers week in and week out. Defensive lineman Judge Culpepper had a good game for Toledo's defensive line. Four tackles, two sacks, a fumble recovery, and a forced fumble. The number six team in the country last week was Ohio State. They beat Youngstown State 35-7. OSU was led by Marvin Harrison Jr., who had an electric day. After a tough week one, he responded last week with a 71-yard touchdown and a 39-yard touchdown, finishing the game seven catches, 160 yards, and two touchdowns. I figured Ohio State's offense would get back on track in this game, and that's what ended up happening. They ended up clicking and finding a groove on offense, which is big for that team. Quarterback Kyle McCord finished the game 258 yards and three touchdowns. He looked a lot better last week than he did in week one. So now I'm going to move on and talk about some games in the Week 3 slate of college football. So San Jose State will be traveling to Toledo today, which should be a fun game to watch. I'm rooting for San Jose State in this one, but I do like Toledo a lot. Their offense is lethal, and as I've mentioned now multiple times, they're one of the best teams in the MAC, and I think their program is very underrated. So it's a fun game to watch, San Jose State-Toledo. I think that'll be one of the best games of the college football weekend, considering both teams have a good offense. And they're both under the radar. Both programs are under the radar and are very well-respected in my eyes. I'd like both these programs. So you have time and it's on, why not throw it on and see if you enjoy watching those two quarterbacks go against each other. Shevin Cordero, Dequan Finn, a great quarterback matchup there. Should be a fun one to watch. I'm going to go with Toledo winning this game. A close game, though, 38-35. The next game I'm going to talk about is the number 18 team in the country, Colorado, traveling to Colorado State. Can Colorado do it again? That's a question. Can they go out there and win a third week in a row? I'm going to say yes. Especially after Colorado State head coach Jake Norvell made a comment about Deion Sanders and how he wears a hat and wears sunglasses in interviews, and he said he wasn't really a big fan of it, he saw it as childlike and unprofessional. After he made that comment, I think the Colorado team was going to win this game anyways. But now after that, they now have bulletin board material after that. So Deion Sanders and the Buffaloes now have more motivation to win this game, which is the last thing you want to do. You don't want to give a team that's already been balling in the first two games more things to get them going and get them fired up. And that's what's happening here. So in the Rocky Mountain Showdown, it should be a fun one to watch. I'm going to go with Colorado winning this game 42-17. The next game I'm going to mention is Louisville at Indiana. 
This is an interesting one to me. I think it'd be a good game to watch. I'm going to go with Louisville winning this one, though, 32-17. I liked what I've seen out of Louisville quarterback Jack Plummer. He's stepping in now with Malik Cunningham, obviously going to the NFL, being undrafted free agent signing. Plummer is now the quarterback for Louisville. He has struggled with interceptions on the year, four touchdowns and three picks. But he does have a very good arm, and he's led them to two wins. I like Louisville to win this game. The best player in Indiana is their running back, Jalen Lucas, who had 21 carries so far in the first two games with 112 yards and two touchdowns. I'm going to go Louisville winning this game, though, 32-17. The next game we're going to mention is Louisiana Monroe traveling to Texas A&M in a showdown today. ULM is a heavy underdog in this game. But for some reason, I think they can keep it on the closest side in the first half. I still think they end up losing by a good amount, but I think they can keep it close in the first half. Watch out for running back Isaiah Woolard. He's a guy I watched a little film on. Looked very good in the first two games of the season. 24 carries, 169 yards. And then running back Hunter Smith is averaging 10 yards per carry on the year. 20 carries for 204 yards and two touchdowns. And then the ULM quarterback is Hunter Herring, who started last week against Lamar. He came in during the season opener, and then last week in week two, he got the start. On the year, he's 121 passing yards, a touchdown, and 13 carries for 68 yards on the ground. AM is a good team. They're 1 and 1. Their quarterback is Connor Wigman, who has 572 passing yards, seven touchdowns, and two picks on the year. He does have good mobility, likes to run and scramble, eight carries of 51 yards, and a touchdown. And I'd say my biggest worry in this game for Monroe is Texas AM's receivers. Evan Stewart, Noah Thomas, two guys that can go out there and make plays. That's going to be tough for Monroe to stop. Stewart on the air has 19 catches with 257 yards and two touchdowns. And then Thomas, 10 catches for 112 yards and four touchdowns. I'm going to go with Texas A&M winning this one. I think it could be close in the first half. Let's say 21-3 at half will be our prediction at halftime. And then I think Texas A&M pulls away more in the second half. All of them winning this game, let's say 45-13. I think ULM can score a touchdown, though, and maybe make a little bit of noise in the first half. That's a hot take. But I'm rooting for Monroe in this game. I think they can keep it. Kind of close in the first half. I'll say 21-7 at halftime. And then maybe, as I said, Texas A&M will pull away in the second half. Maybe win the game 45-13. That's my prediction for this game. Louisiana Monroe traveling to Texas A&M this evening. So that should be a fun one to watch. The next game we're going to mention is Central Michigan traveling to the number nine team in the country, Notre Dame. CMU is 1-1 one one on the year. Notre Dame is 3-0. Central Michigan is coming off a close win last week over UNH, winning that game 45-42. It should have been close, but luckily, they still got the win at the end of the day. CMU's quarterback is Burt Emanuel Jr., who had 280 passing yards so far in the first two games of the season. Three passing touchdowns, three picks, with 38 carries for 142 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. This kid loves to run, so that could be tough for Notre Dame today, considering he's a mobile quarterback. He can maybe extend plays, even if you get a pass rush on him, just by using his mobility and his elusiveness. Wide receiver Chris Parker is his top target. Five catches or 142 yards in a touchdown on the year. Notre Dame's quarterback is Sam Hartman. He's looked like a Heisman contender in the first three games of the season for Notre Dame. 731 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, no picks with a rushing touchdown as well. Central Michigan has to find a way to put pressure on him because if he has all day to throw, it could be a long day for the Chippewas. I think they could stay somewhat close, though, in the beginning of this game. I'm going to have Notre Dame winning this one 51-24. The next game I'm going to mention is another Mac school, and that's Bowling Green traveling to the number two team in the country, Michigan. The Wolverines are led by quarterback J.J. McCarthy, 573 yards and five touchdowns with four carries for 36 yards on the ground on the season. Running back Blake Horm is probably the best player in offense. 25 carries, 153 yards, and four touchdowns on the year. Bowling Green will have their work cut out for them on the ground trying to stop him. And then also, the Wolverines have a very good defensive player, and that's Jalen Harrell, who has one F sacks on the air. So Bowling Green has to find a way to protect the quarterback and make sure he doesn't get hit. Bowling Green is 1-1 on the year. Their head coach is former Boston College offensive coordinator Scott Leffler. And his quarterback is former Indian and Missouri quarterback Connor Bazelak, 
who has three touchdowns and three picks on the year. He had a 409-yard and four-touchdown game versus the number 17 team in the country, LSU, in 2020. That's when he was on Missouri. But he was capable of 400 yards and four touchdowns when he was on Missouri against LSU. And that was when LSU was the number 17 team in the country back in 2020. So he could play against big teams and big programs. So I think he, that could help him today, considering he does have experience going up against big programs like Michigan. And his top receiver is Adio Hilaire, who is an absolute baller. Hilaire in the year, eight catches of 97 yards and two touchdowns. I think he catches a touchdown today. He's a shifty playmaker with good hands and good speed. Can make guys miss in the open field with cuts. Watch out for him in this game today. I think Bowen Green can keep it somewhat close for the first half, but I think Michigan pulls away. I'll say 48-20 or 48-17. I'll go 48-17 in this game. The next game I'm going to mention is the number 17 in the country, Penn State, traveling to Illinois in a big showdown today in the Big Ten. Penn State has been a powerhouse to begin the season. Quarterback Drew Aller has been absolutely balling for them. 529 yards, four touchdowns with nine carries to 28 yards and a rushing touchdown as well. His top receiver is Keandre Lambert-Smith, who's been absolutely balling as well. Ten catches, 197 yards and two touchdowns. Illinois is 1-1 one one to begin the season. Their quarterback is Luke Altmaier, who has three touchdowns and three picks with two rushing touchdowns. I think Penn State wins this game rather easily, though. I'm going to say they win this one 38-20. So I have three more games for you that I'm going to rush through really quick just because I have to leave for the BC game in just a second. Minnesota traveling to the number 20 team in the country, UNC. UNC is at home this week. They had a very close game last week with Appalachian State. They still got the win, though, which is all you want at the end of the day is just to come out with the win. I think UNC wins today's game 35-27. That's my prediction there. The number 8 team in the country, Washington, is traveling to Michigan State. Washington is a team of mine that I'm a fan of now for a couple of years now, last year and this year, so just about my second season being a fan of the program. And that's because of their quarterback, Michael Penix, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the country, very under the radar. Eight touchdowns, interception, and 859 yards on the season. Kid's an absolute baller, and I said under the radar, he's still projected to be an NFL draft pick for this upcoming season. But I've seen him in mock drafts, not even being a first-rounder. I've seen him ranked as the ninth-best quarterback prospect in this upcoming draft, which is absolutely ridiculous. I have him being a top-five pick, I believe, in my first mock draft I did a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to stay with that. I think he's an absolute bomber. He deserves to be a pick in day one of the NFL. Washington's been great all season, averaging 49.5 points per game. I think Washington wins this game 45-17. And then the last game I'm going to mention is the number 11 team in the country, Tennessee, heading to Florida in a big game tonight. Quarterback Joe Milton for Tennessee has 429 passing yards, two touchdowns, and no picks in the season. I think this could be a very close game. And I look at the quarterback matchup. Who, who's going to be the difference maker? Is it going to be Joe Milton or Florida quarterback Graham Mertz? Mertz on the air, two touchdowns and a pick. I think Tennessee is going to force a few turnovers of Mertz today. And I think that's going to be the difference maker. I'm going to go Tennessee winning this game 31-20. There's my prediction there. I was going to say 31-23. But for some reason, 31-20, right as I was about to say the score, felt right. So I'm going to say 31-20. Anyways, I will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Take it easy, stay safe, and stay well. Thank you.